Well, good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for taking the time to watch and listen today. I'm joined by the Minister for Health and Social Care, David Ashford, and on Zoom by our Director of Public Health, Dr Henrietta Hewitt. As you'll be aware from our announcement earlier, we have, unfortunately, detected cases of COVID-19 on the island. These cases are not related to individuals who have travelled here and immediately entered self-isolation. Let me give you an update on the situation. On Tuesday, an individual contacted 111 to report that they had COVID symptoms. They were immediately offered a test and instructed to self-isolate along with other members of their household. They took up the offer of the test while the 111 team arranged, which they arranged on Wednesday. Late yesterday, the result came back as positive. At this point, the other members of their household who were identified as close contacts were also offered tests, which all agreed to. Again, these were quickly arranged by the 111 team. Whilst these additional tests were underway, further contact tracing began work to identify anyone who had been in close contact with the index case. 15 people were quickly identified. All have been contacted immediately, instructed to self-isolate and offered tests. All 15 contacts have now undergone testing. Six of the results came back as positive and nine came back negative. These six cases appear to have a clear and identified train of transmission back to the index case. This means that, for the moment at least, we have a single cluster and no unexplained cases of COVID-19 in the community. Now, whilst this is encouraging, I must stress that it is early days. All 15 people identified through contact tracing have been instructed to self-isolate for up to 21 days, regardless of whether their test results were positive or negative. Other members of their households have also been instructed to self-isolate. They will be offered further tests on day um, 13 of their self-isolation. With these six additional positive results, um, the results come, of course, more contact tracing. The team is working quickly to identify and contact individuals. Our swabbing and laboratory teams stand ready. Part of this work is identifying any locations of interest which is ongoing, and we will announce these as and when the picture becomes clearer, which is likely to be later tonight and through into tomorrow. So how did the index case contact the virus? As was confirmed this morning by the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company, it is a member of their staff who tested positive. They work on board the Ben McCree, but are not in a customer-facing role, and so the likelihood of any contact between this individual and passengers appears low. For those travelling, our community has the safeguard of self-isolation upon arrival. For the crew, there are strict measures and hygiene requirements to help prevent transmission of the virus. As the cluster extends beyond a single household, there is clearly work to be done in identifying how the situation has arisen. For this reason, it is not appropriate for me to speculate further here today. Our transport links remain the only route for the virus to reach the island. We know the majority of positive cases have been among returning residents who developed symptoms while self-isolating. The obvious wider risk has been the potential for the staff and crew of our air and sea carriers, 
particularly those who reside in areas where transmission levels are high, to bring the virus to our island, as we have seen over the past 24 hours. A week ago, Council of Ministers asked for an options paper on whether vaccinating the crew of our air and sea carriers could increase our resilience. That paper was considered this morning and the Council of Ministers agreed that this is a sensible and responsible move which will strengthen our defences against the virus. Vaccination is therefore going to be offered to crew at the Steam Packet and Meseron, the Ramsey-based freight operator, as well as Logan Air, which operates regular flights to the island, and our air ambulance crews. This will help to reduce the risk to our crews who travel between the Isle of Man and the UK, or who work with UK-based colleagues from becoming seriously ill as a result of contact, contracting the virus, and potentially unwittingly spreading infection to Isle of Man passengers, and possibly more widely on the island. There is growing evidence that the vaccines may reduce transmission, although the extent of which is still to be fully confirmed. However, the possibility of reducing the risk of transmission will add an extra layer of defence against the risk of imported cases, leading to a return of community transmission. Council considered that it was important we now add an extra layer of protection around our critical national infrastructure, such as our air and sea services. The first line of defence, of course, remains the protocols in place by our carriers to mitigate risk of transmission of the virus, and now we will add a further layer of protection. We believe this will further help mitigate the risk to our people and help protect the freedoms we have enjoyed. So the question is, what action, if any, will be taken in response to this cluster? The Council of Ministers has met twice today to discuss and evaluate what is a fluid and evolving situation, with contact tracing continuing and our belief that we understand the chain of transmission. We have decided that we will not be bringing in any restrictions today. Instead, we will continue to monitor the situation and the Council of Ministers will meet again tomorrow to review the latest information. I will, of course, keep you fully up to date on any developments. This situation is fully in line with our COVID-19 outbreak management plan. It is always difficult to know whether the right decisions are being made. The Council of Ministers can only go on the evidence and judging the balance of risk. Although no restrictions are being announced this evening, it may be that individuals make their own decisions on precautions they wish to take. You may see more people wearing face coverings or wishing to keep their distance from others. This is understandable and a matter of personal choice which should be respected. I know, as we have seen so often through this pandemic, that our community will show consideration and kindness in equal measure. I'll now hand over to the Minister for Health and Social Care, Minister Ashford, for any further comments. David. Thank you, Chief Minister. It's just to reinforce several of the points that the Chief Minister has made. At the moment, we are dealing with a defined cluster. There is no unexplained transmission or wider community spread that's been identified to date, so nothing that's unexplained. Contact tracing is continuing, and as we know from previous outbreaks, that does take time. Um, and there is also targeted surveillance swabbing being undertaken of steam packet staff as well. I think the main message to emphasise is one that has been emphasised throughout the pandemic, and that is that anyone showing any form of symptoms of COVID-19 should immediately contact 111. 
If in doubt, contact 111. Don't dismiss symptoms and think that it's something else. If you have any doubts at all, get yourself tested because that is what protects our island. Thank you, Chief Minister. Okay, thank you very much, David. And now to questions from the media. And first we have up is Rob Pritchard from 3FM. Good afternoon, Rob. Faster my. Good afternoon, Chief Minister. I believe you mentioned there that following this situation and something has been passed that steam packet crew will be in line for more testing. I just wonder why a measure like this hasn't come in sooner, given the transport links have continued since the start of this pandemic and before that. Well, our public health directorate and our borders team have had numerous meetings with the um, representatives from the Isle of Man steam packet to ensure that the strict protocols are in place, fully understood and adhered to. That's where the main protection will be. Doing the vaccination gives a layer of protection to the um, crew of the steam packet to carry out their duties and that we don't have a situation where we should there be a major outbreak, we don't have the crew um, being able to um, operate the, the ship. But it's the procedures that are the key um, protection to our people. And um, that's what um, is obviously being looked into at this moment in time. I don't know, David or Henrietta, if you want to add to that. Um, I'll bring the Director of Public Health in in a moment, if I may, Chief Minister. But just to say in answer to that, Rob, testing um, has its uses, but it is actually a point in time. Because someone tests negative on one particular test does not mean they haven't either got COVID and are incubating it in the early days, or the fact they're not going to go on to transmit or receive COVID a day later. Um, so testing has to be a mix of measures. The main mitigations with the steam packet is around protocols and ensuring that people um, follow the behaviours necessary to make sure those protocols work. That is the main mitigation that works. And I'll bring in the Director of Public Health in case she's got any she wishes to add. Thank you, Minister. Um, yes, just to add to, to your comments really about the limitations of testing, the main mitigation for the steam packet crew has to date been the requirement for self-isolation uh, when they're not on duty, when they come off their shifts. Now, they've been having to do that self-isolation every time they come off shift for a year now, nearly, um, which has taken quite a toll on them, obviously, and on their families. So the reason why we were exploring the use of testing as an adjunct self-isolation was to explore whether we could actually relax a bit of the self-isolation requirement for those crew groups. Uh, so the main mitigation has always been self-isolation. And as the minister said, testing doesn't take away the need for it, but it may be able to mitigate and relax it slightly. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. And your next question. Yes, like you say, contact tracing is still underway. Do you know how many days it will take before you get a good idea of the extent of the situation? No, no at, at this moment in time, um, the team are flat out um, doing a, a sterling job, I'm sure, but we'll be able to give you an update um, probably this time tomorrow um, to see whether we have more information on how long it's going to take to, to do it. But we're doing it thoroughly, and um, if it takes two, three days, then that's, how, that's what we're going to have to do. I don't know if Dr Ewart has anything to add on how long you think it'll take. 
I think it's going to take into the weekend to get the contact tracing and more particularly the testing completed. But obviously this is an emerging situation. And as always, we're taking a very focused and systematic approach to it, working from the cases to the highest risk contacts first and then extending outwards as we find positives, if we find positives. Um, so we should be much clearer as we get into the weekend. Thank you. Okay, thanks very much, Rob. And now we move on to Tim Glover from Manx Radio. Good afternoon, Tim. Fast am I. Fast am I. Uh, Douglas East MHK Chris Roberts, who was on the man in line list lunchtime and, uh, quote, was astonished that steam packet crews weren't vaccinated straight away when it was shown that the jab reduced transmission. Uh, we've mentioned this. There was an emergency question recently on it as well. Was it a political decision based on medical advice? The inference from Mr. Robertshaw being that you're our political leaders and should have had the confidence to apply a common sense approach and have acted as it makes sense both medically and economically. Right. Well, first and foremost, it wasn't the advice of our medical professionals or, or, or public health professional, I should say, that we did vaccinate. We, we, it would be um, taking away um, vaccine from... Uh, from people who are in serious risk of dying as the potential of contacting um, COVID-19. What we've looked at is saying, well, these sea links are really important to the island for the supplies and people to get over here. And can we give protection to our um, sea crews as additional protection to ensure that there's not a mass outbreak on on the isle, on the on the shipping lines? Also, it does. It is accepted. It can give a what we don't know yet because there's no evidence to support that minimal um, reduction in um, the potential to pass on the um, COVID-19 to people. So vaccination will not stop um, a spread of COVID-19 to the island through, through staff. It, it may, it's there to help them. It may reduce the spread, but it, that in its own is not a protection. The greatest protection is ensuring that the rules and regulations agreed between our public health and borders team and the steam packet company with the way their offices, etc., and team um, follow the rules. That is the key defence on how we stop the spread of COVID through our sea routes. And I don't know if David or Dr Ewart want to add to that. Yeah, if I could, then I'll bring Dr Ewart in, Chief Minister. Um, Tim, one of the things that keeps being said is around the reduction in transmission. Now, everything is looking positive at the moment that the vaccine does reduce transmission, but I keep hearing this 67% figure bandied about, and we need to be very careful with that. Where the 67% figure comes from is from the preprint report in The Lancet, um, where that is um, the sort of midpoint of the PCR testing that was done. It's on a limited sample. Um, and in fact, actually, it's from table two on page 21 of the study and the confidence intervals actually put it between anywhere between 49% and 78%. So that's actually quite a wide range. We don't yet have firm scientific evidence that actually shows how much that transmission is reduced. And I think one of the important things as well to emphasise is it is a reduction in transmission. It is not a removal of it. So even if someone is vaccinated and even if the steam packet staff are vaccinated, they will still need to abide by all the rules and protocols in place because it does not prevent them from in circumstances of passing it on to other people. And I'll bring the Director of Public Health in, if I may. 
Thank you, Minister. I mean, I think uh, the Minister and the Chief Minister have really covered this very well, and we also went through it in some detail at press briefing last week. Anybody who makes a statement that vaccination prevents transmission is making a false and incorrect statement that is simply not um, borne out by the current evidence. Um, as the Minister has gone through, this is from a preprint, uh, so it hasn't been peer-reviewed. Um, as we said last week, the actual main purpose of that paper was to look at vaccine dose intervals and the analysis of reduction and in, in infection was just an additional sub-analysis on a group of patients within that study. It's also important to remember that it is solely limited to the AstraZeneca vaccine. Nothing similar has been published on Pfizer. So we really have to be very careful on how far we interpret this um, and what weight we try and make it bear. Um, and we have to say that it may be an encouraging early sign that it prevents infection and by proxy and inference therefore transmission. So it may be an extra layer of Swiss cheese in our pack of Swiss cheese interventions, um, but no more than that. And it certainly doesn't negate the need for all the other protocols and mitigations that are in place. Thank you. I think it's also worth pointing out, Tim, that our colleagues in Guernsey haven't introduced any um, vaccination programme for their shipping links either. Um, I don't believe Jersey have two, and um, New Zealand aren't going to start vaccinating until the middle of this year. So just to show you what others are doing at, at the same time. So your next question, Tim. Sorry, can I just get some clarification on this? Because we've always said Manx solutions to Manx problems, so I don't get why we're comparing to other jurisdictions. Uh, this, uh, any reduction in transmission or potential reduction in transmission was surely worth bringing in. This rather feels like the closing the stable door after the horse has bolted, as one listener has just said. Well, no, we're, we're being absolutely clear. Vaccinating the steam packet staff will not stop it coming into the island via steam packet staff. It's, it's the behaviours and the adherence to the rules and regulations um, that have been brought in by public health. That's what will will we'll stop it. Vaccination may help the percentage of, of reduction. We've looked at this obviously before the outbreak. We, we've taken advice and we've made a decision to, to go down this route. But we are the first um, that I know of to, to, to do this. So I, th I think it's unfair to say this certainly isn't a knee-jerk reaction. We'd already had the paper um, and asked for it over a week ago, long before this case ha ha has arisen. So it, its timing maybe is unfortunate, but no, it, it's we've come up with, yeah, a, a solution for what we think is right for the island. It is something we've raised for several weeks, however. Um, second question, other area of weakness potentially you, is you... UK key workers coming in. Um, we've had, uh, obviously, the Peel Silt involves key workers, uh, the full two weeks isolation, we were told by Tim Baker, but we're hearing multiple sources that this isn't uh, the case out there in Peel. Can you just clear up what's going on with the Peel Silk key workers? Well, there are clear rules and regulations, Tim, and I don't want to go on hearsay. If people genuinely believe that someone is breaking the rules, then that is a, a criminal offence and should be reported to the police without delay. Um, we obviously have our rules. People know clearly when they come over what they have to follow. And if, if people of the island feel that there is a rule, uh, that an individual is breaking the rules and their isolation, then it's, it's, um, I, I would urge them to contact the police and report it. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. Next, we have Alex Bell from the BBC Isle of Man. Good afternoon, Alex. Fast am I. Good evening. Um, you mentioned before there that it is up to individuals to make their own decisions about things such as mask wearing. With the risk of community transmission now inarguably increased, should the advice not be clearer on what people should do to lower their own personal risk? No, at this moment in time, we have a clear plan. It clearly sets out what happens with a certain number of cases in the community. We're following that plan at this moment in time. Yes, we have cases. We know where they've come from. They're, they've not suddenly appeared and, and we haven't um, been able to trace where they have originated from. So in, in this instance, what we're saying is if people wish to do certain things, then other residents should respect people's reactions. And I, I think, David, you might want to add to that. Yeah, if I may, Chief Minister, at the moment we're dealing with a defined cluster. We haven't had any um, community spread that's unidentified off the back of that. So at the moment there is no formal um, move to actually reintroduce face masks, etc. That's not believed to be necessary at this stage. Should the information change, then the decision process will change. But we follow a very clear plan. Many people may remember the 1886 cluster that we had um, early, um, earlier on. This is similar to that it's a very defined cluster it hasn't spread out anywhere else at the moment like i say should the situation change then the measures in place will change but at the moment it's a defined cluster and there is no need for the community to take any further action thank you we are less than three weeks clear of the latest lockdown should restrictions be increased again do you think people will adhere to them well, we've been in the good position where we've experienced nearly seven months last year and, um, OK, only two and a half weeks or so this week. But, yeah, I think people will. Hopefully we won't have to make any restrictions or if they are, they'll, they'll be modest. But, yeah, I, I think the people of the Isle of Man appreciate the freedoms that they've enjoyed and know that we've all got to work together to ensure that we get back to a normal situation. Thanks very much, Alex. Next, we have Sam Turton from Jeff. Sam, good afternoon. Fast am I. Fast am I, Chief Minister. I'm just reading through our um, comments here as we're going on this. Um, we've had somebody tell us that the issue regarding steam packet staff isolating when they're not on shift, they're saying this simply isn't true, and if it is, the staff haven't been made aware of this. Do we know what exactly the protocol is for steam packet staff in this case, then? Yeah, if you're working uh, a shift, you come up, well, and when you say you do your first day, you come off the boat, you go home, you isolate at home with your family, and then you go back to work. You you can't go out and about, and, and that's clear. It's It's been clear from, from day one. I don't know if Dr. Hewitt wants to uh, expand on that. Yes, that, that is the case, um, and the direction notices and the protocols that go with them all support that. Um, it's probably best to not say too much more about this at the moment, because obviously this is all subject to ongoing investigation. Thank you. And secondly, um, with the steam packet staff now being moved into the vaccination list, when will they be done and how will they be done? And also, will we be moving into more key workers getting vaccinated or are we just moving the steam packet and Mezzeron and Logan Aaron at this point? Just the groups that I've, I've announced, Sam, obviously a programme will have to be worked up with, with our teams who carry out the vaccinations, but and that will be in, in, in full consultation with the management of the steam packet and the other groups, Logan and our emergency air ambulance and Mezzeron. 
Thank you. Thanks. Thanks very much, Sam. And now we come to um, Simon Richardson from Business 365. Good afternoon, Simon. Faster my. Good afternoon, gentlemen. My first question really is for the Health Minister, please. Um, I mean, the latest scare obviously highlights the narrow path we tread. My question relates to the pace of the vaccination rollout. Now, I know you've explained several times that we're adhering to the manufacturer's recommendations in respect of the gaps between doses. Uh, but surely that can't account for what looks like a massive difference between the Isle of Man and, say, Gibraltar. Um, latest figures, are, and I accept these are relatively approximate, show that we've administered around 17.5 per 100 of the population, whereas Gibraltar has completed 80.2 per 100. Um, this suggests that they're receiving many more vaccines, uh, many more doses than we are for a population of around 34,000 compared with our 84,000. Um, what do you think the reason is behind this? And could it be that the UK is giving them more in order to make, uh, to rub Spain's nose in it, so to speak? Um, my understanding is Gibraltar is receiving their vaccines um, on the same basis um, as, as we are um, in terms of population. I don't know if there's any special arrangements with Gibraltar with other countries. So, for instance, countries within the EU. Um, obviously, they've got a much more defined and smaller population than we have in order to get vaccinated. So I don't know if that's having... I, I mean, I can't comment on a specific country um, that I don't have that to hand. But in relation to our vaccine rollout, Simon, if you actually look at us compared to the UK and the other Crown dependencies, which is what is actually our measure, because we are getting it on per head of population basis, when you take into account the second dosing, we are pretty much level pegging with the United Kingdom. Okay, but they, as far as Gibraltar's concerned, I think they they use only Pfizer as well, which is obviously uh, more difficult to administer, and they do seem to have got an awful lot of people vaccinated. Well, at the moment, I mean, I've just brought up Gibraltar's figures. At the moment, they do, but I can't comment on that because I can see the figures in front of me, but I haven't looked into Gibraltar's vaccination programme, I'll be perfectly honest on that. Okay, thank you. And secondly, for the Chief Minister, if I may, given the news today there's been... Um, we've had today. Has there been any sign of, of panic buying in the supermarkets? And what would you say to people who think it's okay to strip the shelves and take more than they need? Well, it, it's totally irresponsible. We, we've had two lockdowns now, and each time it's been shown that there's been no need whatsoever to panic buy the shelves. The <clears throat> the food is still getting into to the island. Supplies are as normal. And it really is irresponsible for people maybe buying two, three weeks' worth of supplies and then someone who's working full-time um, and not able to get in, into the shops. Then, you know, say working in the hospital, working in the prison gets into the shops when they finish work and find there's nothing on the shelves. So it really is totally, you know, regrettable that some people feel the need to do this. The history should show you that there is absolutely no need to panic by. I'm afraid I haven't had chance to be out today. Obviously, I've been in an awful lot of meetings today and I haven't been able to observe it myself. But I would ask people to respect their neighbour's need for food and, and, and shopping too and, and please just buy what you normally need. There's absolutely no need for it. And at the end of the day, it then leads to waste and throwing food away that you can't possibly use is, you know, it, it's bad for your pocket and it, it's bad for the environment and certainly doesn't help your neighbour who's maybe struggling because of your actions. So I thank you for raising that, Simon. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We now move on to Paul Moulton from Isle of Man Television. Good afternoon, Paul. Faster my.
Good afternoon. Before my questions, I've had a message from the Steam Packet press office, and I think this is very important news. For Henrietta Ewart, please correct what you have said. Steam Packet crews have not been isolating when they come off duty at all. This has never been the case. Well, that's what we understood, and that is what I personally understood from them to be the case. And that is why I thought I sat in a meeting with them over a week ago discussing the introduction of testing regime to enable us to mitigate it. And I think you will also find that what they've just said from their press release is not in line with the policy document that they were sent jointly from DHSC and Cabinet Office on the 21st of January. Well, so I think we need to look into why they're saying what they're saying there. The steam packet, that is from them. And also I've heard from members of staff who've also also said the same thing. So something's clearly gone awry on that one and obviously needs sorting. But anyway, I'll leave that with you. Uh, my first question is clearly we've had this information, or we broke this story this morning, and we're still waiting for these contact places. And I've, I've got this because I've been talking to people. It seems very strange that we're at this stage of the evening and we you're not going to want to release any information about particular areas of the Isle of Man that people might need to report if they've been in there for contact tracing. Why not have, even if it's not a complete list, start issuing what you can at this stage to the public so they can now prepare to contact 111 and make arrangements? Well, it's protocols, Paul, that we our team prepare a list of um, factually what are areas. And you have to remember, just because you might have been at a distance from someone who may have had COVID, our frontline team in 111 know where the areas are and they're building a picture and will, of course, you know, hopefully this evening we will issue a list to all of the media outlets and on our social media and our government website advising people. But that's, that has to be done when we know the real facts, not panic people uh, and then realise later on that actually a, a certain venue isn't um, a serious place that we have concern with. I don't know, um, David or Dr Ewart, if you yeah, want to yeah, if, if I If I may, Paul, contact tracing identifies high-risk venues. So it's not just about someone having been at a venue. It may be a low-risk venue. So in which case, it wouldn't need to actually go out and actually ask people to be tested. So we've been through this with the previous clusters that we've had, and it's exactly the same process being employed today. So it is absolutely essential that contact tracing do the proper investigatory work, identify those venues that are high-risk, and then we can publish the list of high-risk venues. And if we want to do any surveillance testing or we feel we need to do surveillance testing, testing off the back of it but it's a very defined process it can't go off speculation on social media or individual people saying i think i was with someone in this area it needs to be done in a proper forensic way and that's why we have the actual manpower within contact tracing once that is completed then the list will be published and the public can rely on that as being an authoritative list and i'll bring the director of public health in Yes, sir. the Minister has very well described the, the process we use and it links with the comment I made earlier about the importance of being systematic and focused on this and following through the lines of transmission. If we just at this stage notified a selection of areas that may be of concern or interest, um, we would have our 
testing procedures swamped by people who are at potentially much lower risk or no risk at all. And that would stop us actually following through the high risk transmission lines. So as the minister says, that that is why we need to, to keep focused and not um, make announcements prematurely. Uh, the other thing to note in that, that regard, of course, is that as always, if people develop symptoms that could be COVID-19, they should as soon as possible, contact 111 for advice and testing if appropriate. So that doesn't change. And you should do that on the basis of symptoms, regardless of where you think you may or may not have been and whether you think that venue might have been a place where you might have been exposed. You need to notify 111 on the basis of symptoms, regardless of that. Thank you. I've, okay, I've been talking to the person concerned, and he gave me the list of where he's been, if, if nothing else. It, and you know, it's, it's information that surely needs to be in the public domain as soon as possible, but so be it. Uh, my next question, uh, just to make it very clear, I think in the past it's been stated that the, the uh, crews on board the steam packet don't mix. That's the Manx crews and the UK crews, and they clearly do. Again, I've been uh, getting more information today. Do you accept that? And therefore, it's been an incredibly easy opportunity, which has proved today that this is where we're going to get this cross-infection issues, or at least the possibility of getting the UK crew mixing with the Manx crew, which can pass on COVID. Do you accept that? And should that not be looked at straight away? Well, obviously, Paul, the, the team are looking in to see how this infection has happened. There are protocols in place to ensure the protection of Isle of Man crews mixing with the uh, off-island crews and also the protection for um, people travelling on the steam packet um, coming across contact with um, crew members of, of the Alaman steam packet company. So those protocols are, are there, they're in writing and I'm sure it will, it will be looked into but I, I, I can't comment on anything that may be ongoing at this moment in time. But, but thank you for that. Okay, next we move on to Josh Stokes from ITV Granada. Good afternoon, Josh. Fast am I. Good afternoon, Chief Minister. You said Comin met twice today, but no rule changes will be made. What will it now take for any rules to change? Is it purely down to community transmission? And secondly, can you add a bit of detail on rules that may change if this cluster is to develop? Because presumably socially distancing will be one of the first things to come in. Yeah, well, obviously, it, it will depend on if we get an unexplained case where we don't know where it's come from. I, I suppose if you look at our, our previous um, experience when we had to go into lockdown, we had sort of 1886, what was known as the 1886 outbreak, where we knew where the case had come from. There were no unexplained cases. It was a pattern that we were able to clamp down on pretty handy and no one had come forward who we couldn't understand where they had um, got COVID from. Then later on, sadly, early on in the year, we had another case where there was unexplained circumstances with people presenting themselves, and we, we were forced to implement a short circuit break lockdown to, to clear that situation. So at this moment in time, the six cases um, on top of the initial case have all got a clear um, relationship, shall we say, and we don't feel there is a need to take any, do anything further. However, that said, it's still early days. We have a significant number of contact tracing to do, and we will have to await the results of um, of, of those um, tests to see if we need to make any further decision. I don't know, David or Dr. Ewart, if you want to add to that. I'll bring the Director of Public Health in, if I may, Chief Minister. Yes, I, I don't really have anything very much to add to that. I think Chief Minister's put that very clearly. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Josh. 
Uh, my second question, um, given how quickly Guernsey's numbers have sh shot up towards the start of their second lockdown, surely the need to at least socially distance must have been considered today. So how close was Comin to bringing in any sort of rules today? Well, obviously, we were very concerned when you've got um, six cases that have, have come on from um, a community spread, from, but we, we could follow the, the link. So we were concerned, but at this moment in time, we, we have um, clear procedures on how we will react to certain situations. At this moment in time, we didn't feel the need to make any changes, but obviously we can never say never. We are meeting tomorrow in the, in the morning to review what's happened overnight with the results of the cases that we're waiting for. Should we need to do anything, obviously we will be um, doing another briefing to, um, to give you all an update. Okay, thank you. Well, thank you all very much, um, and thank you very much for your questions. Human behaviour is the front line in the fight against this virus. The actions each of us take make a difference. If you develop any COVID symptoms, please self-isolate immediately and contact the 111 service for advice. Please don't dismiss symptoms. We would much rather be safe than sorry. Please be responsible and stay safe. Do what is right for you and your family. I'll speak to you all again tomorrow. Good evening and thank you very much for joining us.